Welcome to Wealth Builders Real Estate Investing Podcast with your host, Marcus Cron. We interview experts so you can understand all aspects of real estate investing. Whether you're a passive investor or an experienced syndicator, this podcast can guide you on your journey of building wealth through real estate. All right. Hey, guys. Marcus Cron here. Welcome to Wealth Builders Real Estate Investing Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Ellis Hammond, who has experienced massive growth in his real estate investment journey in a very short period of time. I'm really excited to kick off this interview so he can share how he's achieved this growth. So Ellis, welcome to the show, man. Marcus, man. It's, uh, it's fun to be here, bro, for the, for the launch. I'm not sure what episode you'll make me, but it's, it's cool to be here at the start and excited to see your journey as well, man. So I'm um, glad to be here. Yeah, yeah. No, I uh, really appreciate it. Really appreciate you joining me and such short notice and uh, being willing to, to join and uh, you know, get, being one of my guests early on here. So uh, a little bit about Ellis. Uh, he started his investing journey when he was still a full-time college pastor with the goal to create passive cash flow for his family. He and his wife invested in a duplex in San Diego in 2018, and nine months later, Ellis co-GP'd on a 144-unit complex in Memphis, Tennessee. Today, Ellis is the founder of Kingdom Capitalist, the number one mastermind community for Christian real estate entrepreneurs. He also manages his own network of investors who are seeking passive investment opportunities in multifamily apartment complexes across the U.S., so Ellis, man, it sounds like you really had a, you know, a splash into the uh, multifamily real estate investment industry. So before we kind of jump into things, you want to tell uh, my audience a little bit more about your focus? Yeah, more like a cannonball, man. Um, <laughs> uh, it's, it's happened so fast, but uh, you know, yeah, we started because we were uh, working, um, we had kind of started or we're, we're directing a Christian nonprofit out in San Diego, California. Uh, really, our mission and goal was to help build communities of faith on college universities across our city. Loved, loved that ministry, loved what we were doing there, um, and been doing it for several years. But we got to the point where we, where we, and we were fun. I should, I should point out to your audience that we were fundraising, so we were raising every dollar that we needed in order to really support that ministry, and not just us, but you know our team, and we were growing, and. Um, Man, you know, after probably four or five years, we realized like we we wanted to create a, a more sustainable model to create capital and build wealth and really had no plan to transition full time into entrepreneurship and multifamily. Um, but realized like we we just really we enjoyed it. it. There was there's so much there I could share too, man, about the mindsets that we had overcome from going from a pastor to, you know, full time entrepreneur and raising money to actually making money. Um but you know we we had the goal to to be better stewards of our wealth and our finances and at that time man we didn't really have much and um so you know the first step was to go figure out how do we build it how do we create it and real estate has been an incredible um vehicle and i would say more than a vehicle like a community that has allowed us to create something very different uh in in you know in this industry and it's been a lot of fun man no, that's awesome. You know, you talk about, hey, we, like, is that you and your wife? Yeah, early on it was me and my wife, for sure. Um, now it's me and our team. So we do have a team um, on the investment side of things, you know, where we're underwriting and trying to acquire our own deals now. Um, but yeah, early on, man, that duplex was me and my honey. And, uh, you know, of course, we have our mastermind as well. But yeah, early on, that was me and my wife. Okay, so what was it that... Um, you know, drew you to real estate, you know, what kicked it off? It's like, Hey, I'm going to do this duplex. I'm going to, you know, go out and, you know, get a side hustle going and take this down and do a, 
you know, whether it was a flip or a hold or I don't even know what it was. I'll let you get into that. But, you know, what was it that it's like, hey, we need to get into the real estate market? <laughs> yeah. So I remember, man, it was probably, I don't know, a month or definitely around the time we were about to get married. And, you know, this was a bug that had been kind of planted in my my ear of, um, or, or I don't know, it was just a desire that was like, I want to figure out better ways to create wealth. Man, I didn't know I was a, I didn't really know what to do. My parents were entrepreneurs. My dad passed away when I was 21. Um, and so there wasn't like I could go kind of ask him, Hey, you know, what should we do next? Um, I was a pastor in a, you know, in a ministry position. So it's not like they were giving me any answers. Right. And, um, you know, you definitely didn't learn this in college, how to go, you know, create wealth, um, you know, maybe how to go get a job, but definitely certainly not. You know what? I'm going to stop you there. Like, why not? I don't get, I mean, we could, we can talk about that all day, but like, why don't they teach these things in, in college and university? These simple things that seemingly I hear, you know, people over and over again talking about it. Like, oh, it took me five years, 10 years, 20 years, or I was 40, 50 years old when, hey, there's a different way to do it than the standard route of just uh, sitting at a desk for a paycheck. Like you can actually be investing in things that are going to generate you passive cash flow and investing into assets. But um, it's great that, you know, you picked up on that. I don't know from what source, but it sounds like you had an entrepreneurial family, but was there one person or was it one book? What was it that like, boom, yes, this is the place I need to be. Yeah. Well, I mean, to answer your question, I think it's important first for, to point this out, like the reason why, man, is because it is a system. And unfortunately, those who you know end up being teachers are just part of that system. They're not really the practitioners. You know, most of your entrepreneurs and wealth builders are out doing it. I mean, that's why I think now, like with all of the online education happening, you know, and, and um, publishing that we are getting, you know, testimonies and, and stories and actually being able to learn from practitioners and hiring mentors and coaches and being in masterminds. Like, dude, you know, I, I, you know, before 10, you know, maybe five years ago, it was like, you know, everyone thought you had to go to college just five years ago. And now, dude, I don't care if my kids never, if they want to go to college, great, but it's, it's not, it's definitely not necessary, you know, to, to really, um, create wealth and, um, you know, make an impact. Uh, I mean, college is a great networking tool, you know, at the, at the, at the very most, but you know, if you're an entrepreneur and you want to build a business, um, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I just think there are so many other, there are other ways, but to answer, you know, my story in particular, dude, I was in a, I was in my car, man, this is such a funny story, man. I was in, I was in the car and I heard a radio ad that said, Hey, if you want to learn how to build wealth through real estate, come to this two hour seminar. And I was like, well, that's me. You know, I want to learn how to build wealth, and I, uh, but I don't know anything about real estate. And so I remember going to the seminar and it was, it was the turning point for me. And I remember sitting in this room and, um, it was the first time that I realized that you don't have to be the 1% in order to invest like the 1%. Like you don't have to be the top 1% as far as like income or net worth in order to invest like the 1%. And what I mean by that is like, I, I thought that you had to be a millionaire or come from money or, you know, um, have already have arrived in order to start investing in real estate. Like this was a rich man's sport. But what I saw there for the first time was that there was kind of average Joes, guys just like me, um, who were who were hardworking, who were decently smart, you know, really building a a um, a future for them, their families, and others through real estate. That real estate actually was the starting point, not the ending point, on the path or on the journey to building wealth. And that was like that was all I needed. And then. 
we got super hungry, man, just to grow and learn. And a lot of that early education came from podcasts. It came from books um, and just kind of hearing other people's journey and trying to implement all that I was hearing and learning. Right, right. And the biggest thing that I see, and I, I'll let you speak on this, is is the entrepreneurial edge or that spirit that you see the people that are the most successful in real estate in their investing journey is being able to take action, right? So what I want to dig into here is um, I'll let you speak to, you know, when you saw that, was it a seminar you mentioned? Yeah, it was a seminar. At what point where it's like, hey, I got to do this. Like you started putting that deal together or how long did it actually take when you're actually putting a deal together and making that duplex investment actually become a reality? Yeah, I think I think it was about, four, I mean, four months was the timeline. Um, within those four months though, man, like I, I really truly believe that I listened to enough content, audio, I read enough books, like hours wise for at least two years of college, like no doubt. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, I was obsessed, man. And uh, I just think that was, you know, and I kept hearing this. And I think to your point is like, I kept hearing the hardest thing is that first deal. And so I knew that we had to get our first deal. And, um, you know, the biggest accelerator for that was, yeah, it was getting educated and learning, but the way that we found a deal so quick and we found a good deal so quick is that we found a mentor pretty early on. And that was, you know, the he, I mean, our mentor was, was, was everything, man. He helped us find our deal, you know, put the deal together, um, get on a contract, you know, do the rehab. Um, so anybody's listening, they haven't got started, like, you know, go find a mentor. We, we did not, I mean, our first mentor was free. You know, our second, third, fourth mentors have not been free, but that first mentor was free in the sense that we didn't necessarily have to write him a check. We bought him a lot of dinners after that, but uh, that was, you know, that was our yeah. kind of our entry in. And that's awesome. You went after it, you were hungry, you know, and, and, and that is very important. You know, I have the same mindset of like getting educated. You can have the motivation behind you, but if you're going to be going out there and, and, and entering this space, in real estate investing, there's a time period where you, you just got to let it, you know, absorb into you and you got to speak the language. You got to know, um, you know, cap rates, how to analyze a deal, what to look for in a market. And, and, you know, I know that was super helpful for me, you know, just absorbing content, whether it be books or podcasts, and it really comes down to education. And, and that's where I wanted to actually start this podcast because so many people out there, they just don't know about these opportunities. And I feel like this alternative investment space there's so much room for growth in the real estate syndication, the real estate multifamily investment. So um, really want to share value with people. And, and you know, you're a product of, of that information age, right? Now there's so much at our fingertips, so we just got to be hungry. So uh, I'm just going to lead into, you know, I know something that you've mentioned is very important um, to use mindset, right? And for you to make that shift from becoming, working in nonprofit, working as a pastor, what can you tell me about that mindset shift that needed to happen in order to make the transition from nonprofit to real estate investing? Yeah, man, for sure. I think um, I read this incredible book. I highly recommend anybody to read it. It's called Mindset and uh, the Psychology of Success. And she talks about this idea of a being between growth minded and fixed minded. And for example, I'll give you an example of both for pretty much my entire life. Up until recently, I was very fixed-minded when it came to um, to being a good steward of wealth or being a good steward of finances. And 
not all, but in, and maybe this isn't a significant percentage, but definitely a decent amount of percentage of the motivation of me going into full-time ministry um, or, or the excuse that I made for never, you know, wanting to pursue um, wealth creation and just kind of stay, you know, focused in ministry was that I, I thought I was not going to be a good steward of finances, that I wasn't a good steward of money. And so therefore I shouldn't, I shouldn't mess with money. I shouldn't deal with money. And, and that might be true for some men, but um, I realized that that was a fixed mindset that I had about myself and that was preventing me and keep, it was really, I was making excuses, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, and when I, and when it got, when I saw that that was actually hurting other people, like it was hurting my family, it was actually hurting our nonprofit. Then I realized, you know, I had to really ask myself that question. Am I really a bad steward of money? Or is that just an excuse that I've been making? Because I think I heard somebody else say that before, and that sounded very godly. So I just kind of put that on myself, right? Like, mm-hmm. and I think it was the latter <laughs> that I'm making excuses um, and I'm being lazy and, and, uh, and so then, you know, this idea of being growth minded that actually, no, I went to that seminar and that was the switch for me to say, man, I'm looking around, I'm seeing all these people do it. And I realized if they could do it, I'm, I could do it. Like the example has been set, you know, like I have a college education. I started an organization, um, you know, like we have skills, what we can work hard. Um, and so it was just, it, that's the growth mindset that kicked in you know, to say, man, I, I can do this. It's going to take time. It's going to take hard work, uh, but it can be done. And I can learn to be a, to be a good steward of money. And dude, that has, has changed everything for us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, I feel like I'm still, you know, once a pastor, always a pastor, uh, but just some context for audience, you know, now sitting here in 2020, um, we no longer are, you know, full-time, I'm no longer a full-time minister in the sense that that's my profession, um, I feel like I, I still get to do that inside of our mastermind a good bit and, um, you know, still support our, our ministry from afar. But, man, I really feel called to the capital side of things mm-hmm. of actually uh, creating and building wealth on my own through real estate so I can help others. But the whole purpose of building our investment firm and our mastermind is that we want to see other entrepreneurs and business owners begin to thrive um, and begin to create better you know, opportunities and strategies uh, to, to, to grow well so that they too can have a bigger impact. Right. Right. And the last time we connected before this call here, um, you, you mentioned like, and I kind of put it in quote unquote here, uh, going bigger and that kind of comes into your mindset. And, and that, I feel like that probably fueled your growth from hey, getting that duplex done. And then I think, what is it? Nine months later, you're already in a multifamily deal, 144 units. You know, what, what fueled that? Like a lot of people don't find that out that, Hey, you can actually jump into multifamily right away. You don't have to dabble in single family. You don't have to do condos and fix and flip your way up to multifamily. How did you learn that? And, and was it, was it through the education? Was it somebody saying, Hey, multifamily, it's better economies of scale. Or could you speak into why you made that jump and how you did it so quickly? Yeah, I mean, why is because I remember I was sitting on the lawn, San Diego State University, and I was still in our ministry, and one of our guys came to us. Um, he had joined our team a few years back, and uh, he said, Alice, I'm, I'm, you know, he was raising money as well. He said, I'm struggling to buy groceries this month, and I'm not, I'm not raising enough funds to be, able to, to be able to buy enough groceries. And uh, dude, that, that hit me like a ton of bricks, man. And I realized at that moment we had already done our duplex, 
that the reason we got into this whole real estate thing is because we wanted to create not just a better financial future for us, but we wanted to create a better financial future for others and really be able to impact and serve the things that we were passionate about. And I knew that buying a duplex at, you know, at one at a time and financing those on our own, you know, and just kind of that whole, you know, duplex at a time model or single family time at a model that wasn't going to help us accomplish that in the amount of time that we have here on this earth. And so it was just like, dude, we got to think bigger. And, you know, when, um, when you're ready, God gives it to you. And, you know, I, I, someone had honestly, man, is interesting. They reached out to me on bigger pockets. Um, and they, they were like, Hey, I want to tell you about this model called syndication and how you can actually, you know, leverage your network to get into bigger deals by raising money. And I'm like, what, mm-hmm. you know, like, is this legal? Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, that's where we learned about the power of syndication where again like this goes back to that 1% like i thought you had to be the 1% in order to invest like the 1% dude not anymore that you know the the world of syndication allows you know investors and sponsors or or managers of the deal to actually come together bring their resources together um, and be able to do bigger deals, take advantage of the appreciation, de- the depreciation, the cash flow. Oh yeah, a large multifamily, and um, this has been awesome. And the, w- the way we did that was, you know, we had a network of investors. Essentially, you know, we were been raising money for a long time. We were comfortable with asking folks, you know, or at least presenting an opportunity for folks to um, to invest in. And so I just went to a couple of friends and said, hey you know, we're going to think about doing this first deal. Uh, This is what it looks like. Here's the returns. Here's who we're working with. Uh, We had a great partner in this deal who had a lot of experience. Um, And, uh, you know, and we were looking at a couple of deals together. And um, whenever we, you know, got that deal in a contract, I said, hey, here we go. Are you ready? And we were, we were able to, to, to bring those folks in. Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned something very important here that actually really wanted to bring up with you because you, you seem, you're very effective at it. You know, I see you all over LinkedIn and, and you're, you're constantly building your network. And, and I know this industry, especially it it involves such a deep, it's a relationship based business. You know, real estate is really is a team sport, but what I've kind of noticed is you made that jump very quickly from duplex to multifamily and it was heavily re- involved upon the people that you knew. So could you talk about the importance of networking and, and how you've used that to actually accelerate your investing career or even tips on what's worked well for you? Yeah, man, like it's everything. <laughs> That's the best. I mean, it's everything. It, it really is everything. Um, everything I, I have been able to accomplish is because of God's grace and the people I've met along the way um, from that duplex, right. To doing 144 units to, to launching our mastermind community for established Christian real estate investors. All of that has come, you know, and honestly, so a lot of this, just not knowing, um, you know, what I was doing, but just knowing that I, I needed to be around people who were thinking bigger and, and doing different things. And I wanted to learn from them, but um, the network piece is massive, man, especially in this, or real estate, I always tell people this, and this is the power of a mastermind or just being in a community of folks who are going in the same direction. Um, let's just take real estate, for example. You know, right now we're in an economy where it's really hard to find deals. Um, and some people even find it hard to raise money. But, you know, if, if you look at the marketplace, I see deals closing every single day, right? 
Every single day, there's a deal closing, multiple deals closing. Go, whatever market you're looking at, people are buying deals. And every single day, millions and millions and millions of dollars are being invested into real estate. So if you have a problem raising money or if you have a problem finding deals, it's probably not that there aren't deal flow, right? That there isn't deal flow in the economy. It's probably not because there's a lack of capital in the economy. Yeah, the issue is that you aren't in the network of those things happening, right? You're not in the ecosystem of those things happening. And so that's why network is everything, man. That's why, you know, I say like you, like for those who are listening to the show, because you're investing in yourself and you're ambitious and you're trying to grow, I truly believe, man, that you're one connection away from changing your life. Like one connection. That's all it takes to change everything. And that's why I'm so passionate about building and growing my network because, dude, I just believe that everybody wants to work with me. Everybody wants to partner with me. You know, everybody wants to give me money because why wouldn't they? I'm here to grow. I want them to grow. I want the best for everybody that's in our ecosystem. And so I just, you know, I, I love, um, I mean, LinkedIn, is, you know, talk about tips. I'll, I'll pause so you can ask another question. But, you know, LinkedIn has been an incredible way for me to grow that network. Totally. And, and yeah, you can continue on with some tips there. That was actually another thing I wanted to address. Like we originally connected on LinkedIn. And I find that this community is, is super open to, you know, wanting to engage with other people in the community. I, and that's what the way I describe it is a community. You know, you'd almost think that from the outside, everyone wants to be secretive and not share deal flow or, or talk about what they're doing and what's, and what's working well, but it's the exact opposite. I mean, you look at this ecosystem of, you know, people that are sharing valuable content on their YouTube channels, on, on you know, content on LinkedIn, on social media on their podcast there's just so much stuff out there and you reach out to these people and they're very open i, I reached out to you and you know we connected we have i had a call and i'm like hey would you want to be on the show like and and we've kind of i feel like we've developed a relationship just in a short period of time but um and that was all through linkedin just a you know cold reach out well i think i said i listened to your show but uh, we can we can get into that in a little bit here but uh any other tips on linkedin that uh worked well or you could you could recommend to people looking to grow their network yeah, I mean, most people probably aren't on LinkedIn, so like start there, you know, like go create a legit profile with a good photo and a good bio and a call to action in your bio um, so that people, when they go to your page, they know how to get a hold of you or they know what you do and how you can serve them in, in, in a way for them to take action. I think that's massive. And then once that's accomplished, you know, you can start creating your own content, you know, that's relevant to your industry and start connecting with people in that industry. Um, if you don't know how to find them, just search, you know, search that industry, hashtag multifamily, hashtag tech, hashtag startup, you know, whatever it is, and start connecting with those people. But then more importantly, start engaging with their content, leaving mm -hmm. them meaningful content, or um, excuse me, meaningful comments on their posts. Um, and that's a great way to actually build that relationship. I mean, there are folks who who interact, who leave a comment on every post that I that I leave. I don't I don't know how they do that. Maybe well, I do know how because LinkedIn algorithm. Once you start commenting on people's stuff, they're going to show it to you over and over. So you know, as soon as they pull up LinkedIn on their phone, I'm the first person that they see. But they do a great job of engaging with my content, and I I and you know, if they ever want something from me in the future man, I am so much more likely to work with them than anybody else. Like I get 500 DMs about people with, you know, private financing or private lending and want to lend on our real estate deals from like a debt side. 
um, I know who I already work with because there's one person or maybe two who consistently, instead of just sending me spam, they're interacting with my content. You know, we're, we're building a relationship just because I see them a lot. They're, they're, they're adding valuable stuff to, to my, you know, to the content that I'm creating, which as a content creator, as an influencer on LinkedIn, that serves me because now their audience gets to see my content and that makes my content look better. Um, so it's just an incredible platform, man, to, you know, organically grow your network, contribute to your network, um, and for sure find potential clients. And, yeah. uh, you know, especially if you're doing, you know, B2B type stuff, it's really excellent. And, uh, you know, I highly recommend people start getting on there. Um, and start totally. building a, a network inside of their industry. Yeah, and, and I didn't, and I'm still learning as I go here, and, and I kind of look to you, and I'm like, oh, man, Ellis is popping up in my feed. You know, he's doing good stuff, and then uh, we connected, and I just started liking your your uh, posts, you know, trying to engage a little bit, and, and all of a sudden, I'm seeing these other people in the industry as well, and all of a sudden, they're adding me to their network, or I'm reaching out to them. We're starting conversations in the direct messages, so um, I've just found that and I'm only really learning this and trying to dig in. And that's why I'm asking for your tips and hoping for you to share with the audience, which I'm, I'm, I'm thankful you have there. But, you know, number one step is just engage with other people's content. I think people get too afraid of like um, creating content because that's, you know, that's a whole other thing in itself. Yeah. Sounds like you're doing that quite consistently. I see you popping up in my feed all the time. But um, but that's the first start is just liking people's uh, posts. Um, engaging in their comments or, or whatever it is, because that just organically grows your network. People get exposure to what you and what you're doing. And if you have a call to action or a, you know, a well-branded uh, profile yourself, then you're going to start getting exposure because people are going to see, oh, they're in the same industry as me. I want to connect with them. And, and that can really help you build awareness of what you're doing in, in real estate, especially, and, and, and build your network there. So, yeah, I mean, LinkedIn, there's a couple, I mean, just a couple of quick hacks, like, when you comment on somebody's stuff, it's going to show up on your feed. And so like, that's one way just to show up on other people's, on other people's feeds. Like it's all about exposure, right? You want people and the tagline is important because you want to have a good tagline. So people know what you do or what, you know, who you are. So like, if you're not good, if you're not, if you're not sure what to create content wise, add comments, you'll see them that way. Just become a curator of good content by posting that or commenting on that. Um, so yeah, man, that's, that's a, that's a hack. And then on the, on the creation side of things, I would just say this, don't in social media right now, people are like, well, I'm too, I'm worried that I'm posting. Like, what about if I post too much? Like people who ask me that question, like how much is too much? First of all, I know you don't create enough content because only those who are, you know, are not posting enough ask that question because they still are worried about how much is too much because they don't understand that. Um, first of all, why, like, when you, you, you probably check your Instagram or LinkedIn, how many times Marcus a day? Oh, I don't know. It, it's one of those things now it's becoming like a, Hey, you, you lift, you pick up your phone and it's like, it's the default now. Right. <laughs> so probably five at least. Right. Yeah. So if I post once in the morning, great. You saw me the first time you opened your phone. What about the third and the fourth and the fifth time that you opened your phone today? Right. You already forgot about my post. Yeah. And you're looking for good information. You want to engage with good information and LinkedIn will reward me or Instagram or whatever profile uh, or platform will reward me for creating good content 
based on your interaction of it. And LinkedIn will penalize me for not creating good content. So if you suck at creating good content, and but you're still posting it, don't worry about it. Nobody's going to see it anyways, <laughs> right? So it's like, it's only a way to get better. You throw some stuff out there and nobody likes it. Oh, well, it'll be gone in the world of, of content creation in probably an hour, you know, and nobody will ever see it again. So just keep trying, keep creating stuff yeah. and you'll get better based on your engagement. Nice, nice. Um, I want to, I want to, move on to, I know you've mentioned it a few times now here is your mastermind. I really want to let you share with what that's all about, what you're looking to do. Some people might not even know what a mastermind is. Um, could you just kind of tell them the basic concept of, of what you, you know, a mastermind is and what you're looking to accomplish with yours? Yeah, man. I mean, Napoleon, I'll just real quick, the, what it is and, and then why we're building it. Napoleon Hill once said in his book, Think and Grow Rich, like we're two minds come together, a third mind is formed. And I love that idea to think about like most of us are trying to accomplish big things on our own and you have, you know, this idea, but you're not quite sure how it'll come together. And the reality is it probably never will because you're missing the link, like the other idea. And until other person comes in your life and that, that idea can be, you know, combined with a second idea. And then that new idea can essentially be established. Like, you know, it, 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 I guess what I'm saying is a network births new ideas and new opportunities. And so a mastermind um, is, it's really like a, a networking group. And I feel like they've gotten more popular um, over the past decade where people realize like, oh, wow, we can build, we can partner on different ventures and we can, you know, we're looking for different ways to invest our money or, or raise money for one another or do deals with one another. And so a mastermind really, man, it, it allows you to, um, kind of skip the, you know, the, the happy hour parties, right. As you're trying to kind of figure out who's serious, who do I want to work with? And it just accelerates that to say, no, I'm investing into a mastermind. So our mastermind is a paid mastermind. You have to, you know, there's an investment to be a part of it. Um, but you know, when you come into this mastermind, there are like-minded people for us. It's, it's Christian real estate investors. Why? Because we wanted to be like-minded and we have a, a, we, we all believe that man, real estate is an incredible vehicle to be a part of, but it's a vehicle, not just to help us build wealth, but to really create impact and to grow God's kingdom. And so, you know, it's, it's evident when you come into the mastermind, you are, there's already this level of trust that just accelerates partnerships. Um, and, and that's one of the things that I love about the mastermind you just know, like, man, I, there's, there's trust here from the beginning. And, you know, we can skip a lot of that early stuff and just get into it. Like, hey, you know, what, what are you working on? How can I help? Um, I see that happening all the time, you know, and then. Um, and it's a level of accountability, too, right? Like, yeah, exactly. The accountability. I was, I was about to say I was trying to gather my thoughts. But, you know, when I. Now, I've been in masterminds. I've, I've paid for their masterminds. We have our own mastermind now. And when I show up to these things. And I get to listen to what other people are doing in their business. Guys who are, you know, who are farther along than I am in their journey and to, to hear about what they're doing to, you know, find new deals or raise more capital or um, just even, man, in the slight edge of like, here's what type of financing we're putting on this product in order to get better returns for our investors. Like that, those little things right there. It, it, it causes me to expand and grow. 
And so I think a lot of the times, if people are familiar with masterminds, especially paid masterminds, they're hesitant. Like, well, can't really afford that. You know, that's a big, you know, I could spend that money on marketing or hiring somebody else. And it's like, dude, you don't know what you're missing by not being a part of groups like this because, um, you know, there are, there are one idea, like I said, that, that you're, you're one connection away from really being able to change your life and your business. And so, I don't know, mastermind principles or the mastermind has been really powerful for me personally and um, just growing, expanding and seeing else what's out there. But I think more importantly for our group, man, Kingdom Capitalist, we are the premier mastermind for those who are serious about building a business around real estate investing, who are also faith driven. Mm-hmm. Um, it's cool, man. Like we're, you know, it's, it allows a lot of folks to really accelerate what they're doing. We have a young guy in our group. He's about 26. Um, he came into the group. You have to have, have been doing deals, you know, in order to get in. But um, he had done a couple smaller deals, probably within the five to 12 unit range. And we had a talk about partnerships and how we can really leverage partnerships to grow. And it was a light bulb for him. He's like, dude, this is, I, I never really realized I could kind of leverage other people if I could just go find deals. And so I'm like, dude, go find deals and let's find ways to partner. So within two weeks, guys, you know, biggest dude he's ever done was 12 units. Within two weeks, he had um, an LOI out on a 122 unit deal and a 40 unit deal under contract, you know? And it's like, dude, how are you going to do all this stuff? He's like, I don't know. You told me we could partner. I'm like, yeah, you're right. Okay. That's good. That's <laughs> you know? Awesome. So it's like, um, and then there was another guy in the group who, who owned a property management company in one of these cities. And so if that deal ends up closing, he'll be the property manager on it. And so, you know, it's just, it's, that's the power again, going back to network, uh, but maybe more specifically a mastermind is getting around a group that, um, you know, that, that you're like-minded in that career. So there's a lot of them. I mean, there's several real estate masterminds, I do know that we're the only faith, you know, really faith-driven or faith-based real estate mastermind mm-hmm. industry, but there are some really great ones um, that are out there and highly recommend folks really check those out. No, that's awesome. And uh, I'll, I'll definitely put a link in the show notes. Of, yeah. Uh, Kingdomcapitalist.co yeah. um, is the website. Awesome. I want to dig in. I know I, I don't want to keep you too, too long here, Ellis. I want to be respectful of your time here, but uh, I want you to be able to uh, share a little bit about what you're currently looking for with your team. What kind of deals are you looking for? Like, what are the criteria? Is there like a, you know, a sweet spot for number of units, dollar value, age of property? Like, could you kind of speak to what, what your group is looking to accomplish? Yeah. So we really like a couple of different markets, two in particular, um, Phoenix, Arizona, uh, just what what's happened over there over the past decade with the job growth and um, you know, all that's happening in California actually. And, and just it, it becoming really less and less of a business friendly economy and, and how that's causing population and job growth to migrate more East, excuse me. Um, and so we really like Phoenix from a long-term appreciation um, standpoint. So we'll, we'll really look at deals there, anything um, over 50 units, uh, 1970s or newer. Typically we like that just because, um, you know, we're, I mean, we're probably still going to do some type of renovation, but we know the structure uh, and the foundation is going to be really good in a property um, of that vintage. Uh, you know, we are looking at uh, stabilized deals, but an opportunity to, um, you know, there has a proven business model of some type of value add component. So rather that be rent growth or, you know, rather that is, um, you know, operating the, the you know, the product more efficiently uh, through, you know, through, through our property uh, management company. 
you know, and then the other, the other market we really like is Kansas City. Uh, and the reason we like that market a bit more is because there's a little bit better um, cash flow opportunity in that market compared to Phoenix. And so we feel like kind of having the, the balance between both of those markets and being able to go to back and forth of those markets for us and our investors is a really good mix. I would say the hardest thing right now is just finding good deals. You know, like Phoenix is, everyone knows how great Phoenix is as a market. Um, and then Kansas City, unfortunately, wants Phoenix prices for their deals. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, definitely the hardest thing is, is, is finding good deals. But um, they're out there, man, you know, and we're continuing to search. What are you doing to find those deals? I mean, it is competitive. I realize, I mean, everyone's kind of flocking to Phoenix. I've, it, all that population yeah. growth, the, the economy, it's more diversified, all those great things. But, I mean, cap rates keep compressing. There's a lot of money flowing in there. What is it that, you know, allows you to get that consistent deal flow where you're like, oh, you know, you're actually finding stuff that's worth going after. Um, is it relationships with brokers? How are you getting off-market deals? Um, can you speak into that a little bit? Yeah, right now it's our network, man. I mean, it's the mastermind. It's our network of um, people know people know us. I mean, we have a we have a meetup here in San Diego where we have a couple of brokers at that actually will send us deals in those markets because you know they have they know what we're looking for. They they we're out there, um, you know, our mastermind group and people wanting to partner there. So we're seeing a lot of deals from that. And then yeah, we have actually we've pulled in, in both of those markets an off market list that. Um, has kind of fit, you know, fits our criteria between 50 and 150 units of what we think would be potentially motivated sellers. You know, they've owned these assets for more than 10 years. There's good equity in these deals. Um, they're older projects. You know, it's a really, it's probably a really good time for them to, to want to sell into 1031 into something. These are all out of state owners. So we can actually source, we can, uh, we have software to be able to create that list, we take that list and then we get virtual assistants to essentially um, go to the Secretary of State websites to pull the LLC and get the owner's contact information from another, you know, software program. So now we have a list of about 500, you know, potential sellers, their best contact info. Um, and we're, you know, essentially kind of building a marketing plan to go after those sellers to just see, Hey, if you're interested in selling, if you're ever interested in selling, um, where are the people you want to, to go to? Yeah. And are you, I mean, you're getting the contact information for these, um, sellers. Are you, what's your follow-up plan with them? Are you mailing to them? I've heard that as an option. Yeah. Right now we just yeah. do calls, you know, we're, I mean, we're probably in the first round of both of those, of both of our recent lists. And so right now it's calls. Um, you know, it's hard, like it's, it's different than, you know, like the single family space where you could just like mail out, you know, flashcards or whatever it is. Uh, there's definitely some strategies there. Um, if you have me back on in six months, I can, you know, speak more to that a little bit yeah. and let you know what's working. And, uh, but right now it's, it's, it's mostly phone calls, um, you know, rounds of phone calls and just kind of seeing who's interested. No, that's great. And uh, yeah, definitely love to have you on back in, in uh, six months or a year or whatever it is. Um, I want to see your growth. And that kind of leads me to the, the next question here is we've been talking about mindset, thinking bigger, growing our network, all those good things that are going to allow us to, you know, allow you to scale up a business and scale up um, what you're doing and acquiring more assets and, and managing them effectively. I'm going to ask a big question here. Where do you see yourself and your business in five years? It's a great question. <laughs> um, I, 
for Keenum Capitalist, we in five years, I mean, we will we will be the you know the number one premier mastermind. We're really creating an ecosystem in a marketplace for those who um, are really serious about the kingdom of God and building and growing businesses. Um, we will be you know the place you know f- for them to join. I think we'll even be bigger than the real estate industry. Um, I'd really like to see Kingdom Capitals be at a place where we could actually start acquiring other businesses um, and teaching them how to scale, how to grow, and the potential even how to exit out of those businesses. And so I just see, you know, Kingdom Capitalist is, um, it really has some potential to really help Christian business owners. From the real estate front, man, like it's a long, slow game. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we, uh, uh, I think we're really trying to kind of be, have, have a really successful start in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we really want to build out a, a solid network of, of potential lenders and partners that want to be with us in five years, right? That we have, um, you know, especially right now with where the economy is going and who knows what's happening with coronavirus. Yeah. Um, we, we want to create a predictable wealth building strategy for people. We know, like, we know that you can no longer count on the stock market. Like, it's not saying it's, you should throw it out. There's definitely ways to make money in the stock market, but what people are going to need over this next five years to answer your question is a predictable wealth building strategy that they can rely on that the, the only variable in the equation should be you. And so if you can go make more money, you can, you can build, you know, you can build wealth faster. And so, um, you know, we're, we're serious about building out a system, um, and finding assets that allow people to have that a predictable strategy. We don't need to be the high, you know, the most profitable, the the biggest, greatest returns. We want to create a place that people can come back to every single time and know what they're getting and be able to actually plan and predict, you know, a, a financial future for them and their family. Yeah. And that's, that's great. Like, I mean, what you're saying there is you don't have to be the biggest, the best and all those, those things that come along with being this gigantic, investment firm. But I mean, if you have your dedicated, your list of investors that, hey, they're coming back to Ellis and his team over and over and over again, you're bringing them consistent deal flow, you're managing them well, you're help, helping them grow their wealth and exiting well, and, and just providing them a tool to, to diversify outside of the stock market. I mean, you're going to have investors coming back over and over again. And then, you know, organically, you're just going to see, well, who else are there in their network that they're going to start sharing with? So you're going to continually just organically grow. And, and, uh, you know, I loved it. I love uh, hearing you share about that, but um, basically I want to take this into the last four questions here. I'm going to start off here. What is your favorite real estate or business book? Favorite real estate or business book would be, gosh, that's a hard question, man. Um <laughs> I read a lot of books. That's the tough thing. I've written so many this year. Um, real estate. I mean, the, the first book I ever read in real estate was the ABC of Real Estate Investing. That really helped me a ton. It is a rich dad book. I would say one of my favorite business books that I actually probably read multiple. I've read it multiple times. is 10X by Grant Cardone. Um, just a great book, man. It, it just helps me. It You know, it, it's not. there's a bunch of good principle books out there. Grant Cardinal's 10X just expands my mind and makes you want to take bigger action. And any book that allows makes you do that, I'm for. So um, I really like that book. Awesome. Um, so what is one thing you wish you knew when you got started in real estate investing? I wish that I, I'd have known that um, there was an asset class 
like multifamily that could allow you to focus on your strengths and leverage the strengths of others in order to grow and scale much faster. Great. Yeah. I mean, you found it out pretty quick, but uh, I guess you're hoping that you would have gotten right into that multifamily instead of doing the duplex, but uh, nine months, man, that's pretty quick still, nonetheless. Yeah, I guess that's true. We did learn that pretty, pretty soon. I mean, I, I think, you know, um, yeah, no, I'll, I'll stop there. But I, I think for most people, it takes them a while because they think I want to get into real estate, but and I don't want to be a real estate entrepreneur. And even on the passive side, man, I, I don't encourage everyone to be a real estate entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Like if you're good at building other things and, cre- and making money in other vehicles, then dude, just call me or call Marcus, right? And and get started with us and invest with us because real estate's a business. It's another, like there's no, you don't, not everybody needs to get in or be a real estate entrepreneur in order to take advantage of real estate. And so, um, you know, I think that's another thing as well. Yeah, there's definitely a, a route for people to just go completely passive and you see people do make a great living out of that, earn earn the money where they have their day job and they're they're making good money and they're good at their using their skill set and then hey, park it with an experienced operator that can generate consistent passive returns. Yeah. So moving on here, what's a daily habit that helps you be successful in real estate? Um getting up early and and having my mornings um and setting intentions for my day has mm-hmm. been really key. So I'm up at, you know, before five AM. Monday through Friday and um, just getting ready for my day, having my quiet time, my meditation, my time in the word, uh, you know, the scriptures and, and then really journaling out what are my intentions for the day and what am I trying to accomplish? That's been great. Nice. So when you're not hustling, you know, on LinkedIn, when you're not, uh, you know, grinding on your business, trying to grow and, and look for real estate investments, what do you do for fun? Uh, that's yeah that's that's a great question um i really like hanging with my wife my wife and i've been married about two and a half years and so we live here in san diego california would love to connect connect with anybody over here but um man so many good food spots we we love or really enjoy a good bottle of wine and a nice dinner uh that's so you know we really take advantage of, of living in a great city where that's pretty available and i love the water the beach you know when it's nice and um not a lot going on. That's where I'll be, man. It's probably surfing or, or just hanging out with, with her at the beach. So uh, those are two things that we really enjoy doing. Awesome, man. Well, that's all the questions I have for you. Last thing I just want to throw at you is how can our listeners get in touch with you? Dude, we've already talked about LinkedIn, so they know they can find me there. Ellis Hammond. Um, if the Keeney, you know, if, if you're looking to be part of a community, you're really trying to grow your real estate investing business, um, and faith is a big part of your story. Keenumcapitalist.co is definitely where you're going to want to go um, and, and, and find an application online. Um, and as a passive investor, I've actually put together a checklist for folks. Uh, it's uh, ellishammond.com forward slash checklist. And regardless, if you want to invest in anything that we're doing, I highly recommend grabbing that checklist and, um, it will save you a lot of trouble from investing in bad deals and bad people. And so ellishammond.com forward slash checklist. That's something I put together because it just allows me to check off all the boxes and know that I'm in, I'm, I'm in, I'm in the right thing. And so definitely go grab that. And I hope that helps. And if, if you like it, reach out to me on LinkedIn and let's chat. Awesome. Really appreciate you sharing with our audience today, taking the time to, to drop some knowledge and, and share your wisdom and how you grew and scaled up in this, this business, this competitive business so quickly. So uh, thanks again, Ellis. I'll, I'll, I'll have to have you on again soon and see where, you know, where your growth has taken you in the next uh, year or so. So really appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you. Man, for having me. 
day. Take care. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the episode. If you enjoy the show, make sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on new episodes. If you enjoy the podcast or if it provides value in any way, make sure to leave a five-star review. This helps the show attract top quality guests who will be able to provide even more insight into how you can build wealth through real estate. Talk to you next time.